up, homegirl? Yo, yo, yo! Did you say anything funny for an intro while I was gone? No, you're not recording. Oh, yeah, you are. God damn it. You fucking blew it, dude! I was just sitting here fucking around on Discord. <laughs> you fucking Son idiot. of a bitch. Now who's the one forgetting about recording? Yeah, apparently me. Oh, how the fucking turns have tabled, baby. God, I love that. Well, that was, I think that's a good one. <laughs> it's just silence and be, you coming back, Jack, did you talk shit that I have to edit out? Uh -huh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just like old times. What is up, you halfwits? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, 2101715416, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, 2103578263, Matt. Matt. What is going on, man? I've been canceled. Yeah, that's your dead name. <laughs> I've been I've been canceled by society. Yeah, you no longer have an identity, turns out. It's been with me for a while, too, man. Are both of ours start with 210? Yeah, I didn't sign up for a planeswalker for, until I was like in high school or something. Or the DCI number. Yeah, DCI and planeswalker points are like the same thing, right? I think so. Not anymore. Now they're both dead, so they are the same thing. Well, let's just do a quick moment of silence for our dearly departed DCI. Nah, suck it up. <laughs> well, that brings us into our first topic of conversation. This might be a record time for us jumping into actual magic. Just talk. getting into it. Jesus, you might be right. This is easily the quickest. This this was like from zero to 60 in no time whatsoever. You might be right. That means we're just going to have to fuck around later. Just fill time <laughs> or else this is going to be 30 minutes long. That's a, that's fine. I'm sure we're gonna. But yeah, so what what me and Matt were referring to is the uh, announcement that happened this week that the DCI program and the Planeswalker Points program, um, in the politically correct, polite way, is being sunset, neutered, dead, killed. We could just say killed, executed. They're killing it. Yeah, they're it's they're killed. murdering it. It was killed. No, Matt, they're sending it to the farm. And the farm is really far away, and we can't ever visit the DCI ever. <laughs> it is. It's going to the up, uh, farm upstate. And this was met with some fucking backlash, to put it lightly. People were really? not excited. Well, you got to think, some of, some of these people have been playing for a long time. They've had their this number forever. Yeah, there's always been like that like tournament pissing contest of like, who has the shorter DCI number? And like, there sure, was a okay. dude who was at this LGS in Pittsburgh that I went to. He only had five numbers. That was it. Nice guys. No, that's in Monroeville. This was in Pittsburgh. Oh, in actual downtown Pittsburgh. Downtown. No, not downtown. Up north. Oh, up north. Up north. He won downtown. But he didn't even look for his name. It was glorious. He was just like, yeah, mine's always the shortest number. Because when I was like five years, like when they first started doing it, he like signed up for it because he was like obsessed with like getting cards like library cards or like gift cards. And that was just another card that he had. Oh, so he was just an addict. He didn't even give a fuck about like the magic part of it. He was just like, I need I need my card fix. <laughs> yeah, for the longest time. Huh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I was like, that's dope because you go to any tournament. How many people really only have five? Five number. I mean, pretty much only like vetted players. Like I'm sure like in Eternal Weekend, there are a higher per capita number of people who <laughs> just have like the smallest amount of digits possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, like there were more four or five number people in that room than any other group. Yeah. But like, okay, let's actually let's actually analyze this for what it is. A bipartisan look at what this actually means for the real long term impacts, I think, are pretty much nothing, honestly. Like, sure, there's like the nostalgia factor that your DCI number means nothing, but it's not even quite dead yet, because even on the announcement that they had, I have it pulled up right here you're still going to be able to use your DCI number to register for like larger events like Grand Prix and stuff um, through 2021, or at least up until 2020, which I guess if you want to think about it now, who knows that's how many like events That's like two we'll tournaments have. maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's like one GP. Who the fuck knows? So that's like an, a big old question mark on that one. So that's that's a bummer. The Also, the big thing that I can see people kind of getting bummed about on, and this is the one argument that I saw that I was like, okay, I get it you're not going to be able to track your Planeswalker points on the website anymore, which that had your entire history of tournament play. It's like, you got to see your first F and M on that. You can see like your first, can you still do that. Yeah. You can go on and see it now. No shit. What's the website. Um, if you search the, like if you Google, uh, like DCI announcement MTG, it's the sunset announcement. It's relatively easy to find. That's what I Googled to find it, and I have it pulled up right here. So obviously I found it. Um, yeah, so you could see your entire history of tournament magic. Now, there's a whole entire group of players out there who I'm sure some of them are listening now that don't actually have like a lengthy tournament thing, and they don't actually care. I'm also in the category of people who I don't really give a shit about how many Planeswalker points I've accumulated over my years and years and years of magic yeah i'm in that camp it doesn't they used to mean something where you could like get prizes like that's what the whole why it started wasn't it yeah and then you got like buys at grand prix and shit because of them but then they discontinued that like last year anyway so it really yeah, got to the point where this has been in the works for probably a while we just got the announcement that they're finally putting the bullet in it um but yeah you just there doesn't seem to be a real big need for planeswalker points we are losing a significant piece of magic history with this, which I get it. That's shitty. Like, that's a bummer. It's just the new iteration. That's all. Yeah. And I guess that brings me to my next thing is my big issue is if they're getting rid of the DCI and that's how they've tracked players and things like this. And I think Dennis was the one who brought it up to me on Twitter uh, at Canadian Magic. He I made like some snarky fucking comment on Twitter about how my wallet is devoid of money and now my wallet's devoid of my DCI card. Uh, by 2021, my wallet's not going to have anything in it. <laughs> and That's fair. And he was just like, well, but seriously, though, like how are people going to track like banned players? Because previously, DCI number was how they tracked if you were banned from Magic because that's what you needed to obviously join. A, a, any Sign kind of in or whatever. Yeah. And like obviously whatever they're going to instate, is going to have a way to track that. But who knows if that's going to be as effective as the DCI was? Because there was always people... I don't know if you remembered when that one SEG guy uh, got banned. He tried to sign up with another DCI card at a different tournament and then got caught doing it. And it turns out he had played like multiple FNMs under a different DCI number. So it's not like the that's, previous thing was foolproof. Yeah, it's. I'm sure people did that all the time. Yeah, because how easy is it to go to an LGS that you've never been to before and just, hey, uh, can I have a DCI card? And they just gave it to you. We did that that TO thing at that one shop in Pittsburgh for a while, and we gave out DCI cards like they were fucking candy on Halloween. Yeah, 
That makes sense. They probably were candy. Basically, nerd candy. I didn't know you could do this. Sorry, I was scrolling. Are you looking up your shit now? Yeah. Do you know where most of my points have come from? Mr. Nice Guys. No. Where? Uh, Vintage Champs. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. We have played a lot of Magic at uh, Eternal Weekend throughout the years. Yeah, that's where it looks like. And I don't know my password to log in to look. Just like the most recent. I tried to go on and look at mine, and I completely fucking forgot my password. And I'm just like, well... Looks like this is something I'll never know. What which level I'm not are you? Gutted. I think I was like 35 or 36. Just to play more magic than me. Gotcha, dweeb. Yeah, I'm the dweeb in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. But yeah, so looking, go moving forward, it seems like they're going to be trying to push this uh, companion app that Wizards is developing. Uh, we don't know dog dick about this companion app yet, except for the couple of announcements that they had. But apparently it's like a tournament tracking thing. It was in beta for a while, but I don't. you can't obviously get into the beta anymore. And it isn't released to the public yet. So I don't I know. I have it downloaded. Oh, do you? I, try, I went to go get in the beta and then it asked me for a bunch of shit. And I'm just like, nope, not worth the time. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you open it and it's literally host event or join event. So if I host event, um, I can either log in, which is probably... Uh, a wizard's account. Yeah, that's like the wizard's account is what they were placing with D- with uh, the DCI. Which, if you oh, if you have Magic Arena on your computer and you have played a game of Magic Arena, you already have a wizard's because that's what they use to log. Yeah, that, yeah, the wizard. That's what I was just gonna say. The arena thing is your login for it. Um, you can submit digital match slips. How the fuck you do that? I'm sure it's just like a code that you put in that after your match or whatever. I'm sure it's like both players in the match have to submit like whatever record the match ended in. And then once both players have submitted it, it sends it to the main like tournament organizing uh, no, no, server. No, no. Submit digital match. So it's a game online. And I'm sure at the end it'll pop up and be like the match four, four, six, seven, eight, X, nine, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, instead of saying, hey, this is that, it'll just come with a code once the, the match ends and you submit it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you submit it digitally to the tournament. Like, you submit it yeah. from your phone to the TO, and then that just eliminates people having to take up slips to the TO. After no, match. I was saying from, like, if you're on Magic and you want to get points for playing in an event. Oh, I don't, like... I don't think that's ever going to matter on Arena because the system's probably just robust enough to record that itself. Do it itself. Yeah, that's possible. But yeah, you could be right. It's just submit, and if one person submits and the other person doesn't, I'm guessing it's just going to be the the person drops or just concedes to being O2 for that or something. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever the, pre, the one person recorded or whatever. Yeah, so if I would record... Well... You would have to do it. Someone couldn't screw you over by not submitting anything. So yeah, exactly. say you and I played and I beat you 2-1 and I submitted like, hey, 2-1. It would just be, okay, well, the other person didn't submit. We're going to go off of this. Or if they just like, hey, I'm not submitting mine to try to screw you. It'll just be whichever person didn't submit. Yeah. It would just automatically give that person like the O2. I can see the issue being with that, though. If one person submits like a two zero and the other person submits a two one, like that's going to cause issues. And like, God forbid, somebody submits like a two one one way and then another person submits like a two one the other way. Or maybe it'll be like they normally would do. 
you bring it over, you both fill it out, or you fill it out and like submit a picture or something. I, who knows how that's actually going to work? We have no fucking clue. But that yeah, is what just, essentially the D, the DCI and Planeswalker points are being ripped. I mean, I don't hate that just because, do you know how much paper they go through in like a Grand Prix? Oh my goodness, thousands Not of just from like three. the main event, but like yeah, reams and how reams many and side reams events there are. And that's like, like probably one person per like four or five round event uses one sheet of paper. So if there's like 15 rounds in an event and there's six thousand people, people. Yeah. Like that's a shitload of paper. Racks up real quick to say the least. Fuck. Yeah. So like this does, this saves the trees. So thank you wizards for saving. trees. I think the big, the one big gripe that I've seen people having with this is one. You can't, you can no longer track your, your winnings throughout your magic career. Sure. You don't think there will eventually be something for that? Well, I think there there will probably with this new system, but it's not going to incorporate the old system. Well, no, I guess it would probably just start start fresh. Yeah, it's, I'm, and they even said in like the little Q&A section on the announcement that they don't have anything currently that can record your win-loss history, but that will be something that they'll be looking to instate in the future. That's obviously not one of the priorities when launching the program like lifetime win loss yeah like th that's not something they're looking at right now they want to be able to get it working just record your current matches maybe not past matches but you're losing like all of the people who have been playing like me i've been playing under a dci for fucking like seven years eight years now and like all of that previous data is now gone me I'm not sentimental about it. I do not give a single solitary fuck, but I do not recognize even that there are a people solitary that are one. Not even one. Oh, yeah. You know, like there's obviously people who are super salty about this. Oh, trust me. Twitter has already shown me that there are people who are salty about this. Um, Twitter's salty about everything. True. People love complaining. That has been a motto. Someone would cure cancer and Twitter would have an issue with it that it didn't come soon enough or now the poor pharmaceutical companies are going to lose money. <laughs> you get my point. Yeah, I, yeah the fucks. people are going to be complaining about some shit. But like, okay, so you're losing your play history. Sure. Okay. Uh, the uh, Again, the argument that Dennis brought up of how do you track people who have infractions against them that caused a ban? That is a system that I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to execute. Because who the fuck would just be the account? Yeah, but then like if you are signing up with these accounts digitally... What's stopping you from just like making a pseudo account? And then when that account gets banned, making a pseudo account, like, you know what I mean? Like all it takes yeah, is the no, time that you saying. need to make a new Gmail account in order to yeah. fucking jump on and do that. No, yeah, I get it. So like, that's kind of suspect, but I'm hoping they that might have something in the works. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You never they know. Might start banning IP addresses. So if you really want to either figure out a way to get a new IP address or and buy a new of, computer and then. How regardless long is it of the to system those people really get caught. Yeah. Regardless of the system out there, there's always going to be people who game it and scum the system. No system is foolproof of that. Well, yeah, people who get banned, they're going to try to continue to cheat. I mean, what the fuck is yeah, the I point? Mean, like, they have shown to be dishonest through cheating in the first place. So, like, what's stopping them now? Yeah, not a damn thing. But yeah, to close this one out, um, Matt, do you have any, do you have any uh, emotions about losing your DCI? I just have to delete a contact from my phone now. That's the biggest thing I have. And I probably am lazy enough where I do that. Yeah, my wallet gets a fraction of an ounce lighter from one business card that was in it. So uh, I just 
I told you to do this a long time ago. You should save it. As a contact in my phone? As a contact in your phone. See, I'm just a fuck. I'm just a, I'm a slot for the analog, man. I love having a piece of paper that says the thing. Yeah, that's fair. So like losing, losing this now to factor. Sure. That's a bummer. It could just be also that you and I are just like heartless scum. And like that's this also entirely a, possible. a far larger uh, demographic than we're letting on. And we're just, we just suck as human beings. Entirely possible. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not rolling that out. But yeah, I mean, this was inevitable. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, this wasn't, they've clearly been moving forward and forward with things. Um, and this is just that next step. Yeah, like the DCI has honestly, since like the early 2000s been like antiquated technology that it wasn't like a almost exclusively digital thing, but eh, all of the people out there who have their DCI number tattooed on them are going to look like people who did that. Oh, guaranteed. I was actually thinking about getting my DCI tattooed on me because it's just actually, it's just an attractive number. Well, you're a D-gen, so that doesn't surprise me. I plan on also getting, I was going to get um, the serial number for my first guitar tattooed on me and then my DCI number underneath that. That's about as far as sentiment goes for me. As long as I can put a stupid tattoo on my body, I'm in. Yeah, you're, you're game on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know that full-heartedly. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I'm sort of in that camp with. Yeah, we, we did do the thing together. <laughs> we, this is a total non-magic story, but we have dumb tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I've, I have a dumb tattoo for sure. Good old St. Patrick's Day, baby. I may or may not have been under the influence. Oh, we may or may not have gotten a white girl tattoo of a clover. Yeah, you do have a four leaf clover tattoo on your foot. And I have a Rolling Rock beer logo on my arm that we got on St. Patrick's Day because all of the bars were too packed. So we went and got tattoos. Yeah, it was like Kev took a nap in the lobby. <laughs> yeah, there was a couch in the tattoo parlor that he just like went passed out. And me and Matt were just like, yeah, let's go get tattoos. Uh, went, got the tattoos, took like an hour. And then we hit the bars again. Yeah, worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the best uh, St. Patrick's Days I've ever had. Shout out to St. Patrick. You drunken bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of drunken bastards, man, let's take a look at our question of the week from last week. Okay, our, hit me. Yeah, our, our question last week kind of related to uh, our little spoiler that we had about our giveaway for our one-year anniversary. And I wanted to know, what what do you think we should do for these giveaways, right? Should we do like a Q&A thing like we did last time? Just do like the RT link thing, maybe something spicy. And uh, we got some we got some some replies to that. That we did. Um, Dennis, he gave one that I am very intrigued by. He said that we should do a live accumulated knowledge where the fans ask us cards and then uh, we pick the cards. Whoever gets them more, whoever gets more right, then we have the drawing at the end and whoever get wins that drawing wins one of the prizes that's actually kind of a killer idea because we were also bouncing back and forth on like doing some kind of live thing anyway yeah i think that would just be hard to do in the long run i mean if we like keeping up with it i could see logistically how that might be a little difficult it is a good idea don't get me wrong i like taking that concept and like applying it to a live scenario with us but also like we said previously we may have done some drinking and we'll continue to do some drinking. And I cannot guarantee that our perception is as sharp as it should be for something like that. Yeah, probably not. We like to go on tape. We could do a live show where people ask us questions. Like fire in live questions. And then like as a part of the game, we could do something like that. I kind of like that idea. That's where I see that going. 
And also, uh, Giannata, they mentioned that there we could do some kind of challenge, like a puzzle or something, and then select from the solvers of that puzzle another winner. That's kind of interesting, too. Yeah, there's a lot of... I saw there was good ideas. Like, if we're talking about a puzzle, you're talking about a riddle or... We could just come up with some fucking absurd off-the-wall fetch and shock riddle <laughs> that lies that dives into the fetch and shock lore, the backstory. Like, or like make a Sudoku, Sudoku puzzle. Oh, that shit would be dope. There'd be one nerd out there who just, just like, Sudoku crushes it. Yeah, and just like immediately does it, and because they're probably far smarter than we are. Undoubtedly, so. I would say almost every person who listens was smarter than us. Most of them. Well, probably not, because they're the idiots listening to us. Oh, that's true. You make a strong point with that. They have to have like some base level IQ to listen to us. <laughs> it drops some IQ points for sure. We're just draining brains over here. That's our job. Yeah, so we're we are still contemplating exactly how we're going to execute this. But we did talk about adding a couple different prizes, one of which I am 1000% excited for, a nice custom fetch and shock playmat. Yeah, that one it looks pretty cool. We just have to figure out how to work the fucking computer. Oh yeah, we just have to you know figure out how to do the ones and zeros. But, but it once, looks sweet. But once we work out the binary, one of one of 3. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a one of three. We can't say it's a one of one because after looking at it and thinking of the idea, uh, me and Matt now also want one. (laughs) So there's going to be three. Matt is going to own one. I'm going to own one. And then some lucky winner is also going to own one. (laughs) And then maybe do a playset of uh, a card that we refer to probably more than any other card. Not directly, but indirectly. Basic planes. Any other co- Oh, that would probably be <laughs> playset of just like planes from like a local LGS. They're like core set twenty twenty basic planes. Speaking of basic planes, did you bid on those alpha planes? I did. I don't know if I continued to win on them though. I'm assuming not. No, they were over in like an hour. Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't get it. God damn it. Oh yeah. I tried to get Lieb to buy a set of alpha planes that he was then going to white border like a garbage person. Oh yeah, I can't let those those sad, sad black border alpha planes continue to have black borders. That's a travesty. You, sir, are a travesty to magic. <laughs> Listen, I'm doing God's work over here. God would want white borders. All right, neo-Nazi Tyler. <laughs> no, that's not the case. It's just like white symbolizes like purity. Like why do you think women don't wear, like people don't wear white, what or a black wedding dress? People have definitely worn black wedding dresses. Now you're talking shit on wedding dresses. Yeah, I'm just talking shit on everything. God damn you, Tyler! <laughs> How dare you? Today is the shit talk show, where we talk shit on the DCI, even though we neither of us care. Uh, we we talk shit on ourselves for getting bad tattoos. We're talking shit on on wedding our Twitter dresses question. and just prepare to be shit talked. If you're listening to this episode, turns out at some point. During this time, you're going to get shit talked about. Some shit talk will occur for sure. Well, actually, the, the next thing I want to talk about, uh, I know you're going to have some shit to talk about it for sure. Matt, I have a confession. Uh-oh. Less I know the better. Matt, I think I'm a standard player now. Oh, yeah, you were. T- uh, 
<laughs> All right, folks. It has been real. I told you that it was going to end abruptly one end. No, Matt, you have... Why? You have three more episodes left. You can't leave now. I can't. If, actually, that's a joke. I know that you you were telling me about the standard deck that you were playing, and it sounded really fucking fun. Well, I have spoiled. Yeah, I spoiled it to you, but I want to go into a little bit more detail today about it, because uh, I was saving the whole entire list for specifically the podcast. I am now what I would consider a standard player. I'm not playing any of the decks that real standard players are playing. Like, you won't catch me getting close to a Euro. I'm not playing uh, any kind of rec- like team or reclamation or like a Jeskai Skyers deck. I hate myself that I even knew that that was a standard deck right now. <laughs> I'm not playing any kind of control. I'm not playing a mid-range deck. I am all in on an archetype that I've seen a couple other people play. I've actually played the Mirror Match a couple times too, but I am playing Red White Cycling. And this deck is one of the single most fun constructed decks I have ever played. That is a bold claim. It really is that fun, dude. I swear to God, it is a fucking blast. I love it. Well, you and cycling, that doesn't surprise me um, in the slightest. No, I'm a, I'm a, well, I'm a slut for cycling. I love that mechanic. But one of the best parts about this deck is that it's only playing uh, 21 lands. So I just get to cram all the other That's garbage. still a, mo- a good amount of land. Yeah, I I was toying around with like 22. And then I was like, cut from 22 down to 21. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll cut down to 20. And then played with 20. And it just seemed like too often than not. I was just not getting quite enough land. So I went back up to 21. But in that 21 slot, I'm playing a uh, Triumph. One of the cycling lands. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So it, like, pulls double dude. Checks out. Yeah. So, yeah, this deck is a blast. Honestly, you were kind of my inspiration for this deck. I feel honored. You should. Uh, because when we talked about Yadaro during the spoilers, you mentioned that you thought that this card was so sick that you might start playing standard. I was like, you know what? Is I'm going to be the big red idiot? That is the turtle, red turtle. seven mana, eight, eight, trample, haste, turtle. Okay, dope. Yep. So I was like, okay, how can I make this card uh, playable in standard? And obviously the keyword on it, cycling, and the ability on it, that when you cycle it four times, you just put it on the battlefield instead of shuffling it back in. That right there. Yeah, it literally reads cycle. If you cycle this four times, you get a free dude. That's It's two mana draw card. Yeah. That turns it, eventually into a big hasty guy. Yeah, that card is pretty much the, the base of this deck. And then also... I just wanted to play a companion because companion seems like the most busted thing you can do in any format right now. Yep, obviously. So I'm like, okay, well, what companion can I jam in a cycling deck with Yodaro? Uh, how about the Zerda one? The one that's uh, three mana, one, and two hybrid Boros mana, three, three. And each permanent or a card in my starting deck has an activated ability. Uh, cycling, turns out. Is Turns the activated ability. Activated yeah. So I do just get my free eighth card in hand with Zerda. I can probably count on one hand how many times I've actually cast Zerda. But you could. I could. I have the option to. Does it and also usually, let you tap something down or something can't block? Yeah, for one, you can tap it and something, or yeah, target creature cannot block. So that's not nothing. It doesn't, exactly. It's not nothing. The rest of the deck is, the creature suite at least, is... Four Flourishing Fox, which is the one mana, or one white mana, one one, 
that whenever you cycle something, you get a counter. It also cycles for one. Uh, I got Dranith Healer, which is one and a white for a 2-2. Whenever you cycle something, you gain a life. Cycles for one. That's a reoccurring theme in the deck. Uh, Dranith Stinger, which one and a red, 2-2. Whenever you cycle something, you deal one damage to your opponent. Cycles for one. I also have Valiant Recruiter, which is a 3-1, that whenever you cycle something for the first time each turn, you make a 1-1 white soldier. It cycles for 2. And the only other creature besides 4 Yardos in the deck is... Oh, I guess not the only other creature, but there is two copies of Glint Horn Buccaneer in the deck. Yeah, Glint Horn Buccaneer is, I think, also the only card in this deck not from Akoria. It is one red red for a 2-4. It has haste. And then whenever you discard a card, it deals one damage to each opponent. And then for one and a red, you can discard a card, draw a card. You can only activate this ability if Glinthorn Buccaneer is attacking. So the, the best cards in the deck are the one drop white idiot who gets countered, the yep. stinger, yep. and the big old 8-8. Um, I would actually say one of the MVP cards in the deck is the Valiant Recruiter. It is the 3-1 the that makes 1-1 one, one guys. Like, just being able to go wide is really, really fucking good. And he comes down on turn 2, turn 3, attacks, and then just makes two one ones. Like, that card's really good. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, there uh, is another... Valiant Rescuer. Or Rescuer, not Recruiter. My bad. I'm thinking of, you know, better cards. Yeah. Like Recruiter of the Garden. The, there are four more creatures in the deck in opposing Vantasaur, but that's a 6-mana 3-1 with one mana cycling. I have never cast that and do not have intentions of ever casting that card. Don't ever plan on it, yeah. Yeah, that's just a one mana cycle. Other yeah. one mana cycles in the deck are four Footfall Crater, doesn't matter the text, just cycles, um, and four copies of Gopher Blood, which is target creature fights target creature, or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control for one in a red, also has cycling one. The cycling one is really what is it good. It just pushes it over the edge, and the mana doesn't cycling matter. Cycling one is so much better than cycling two, or it, or like, just better than so cycling better. for. The thing is, it's so much better than cycling for one of a color. Like that is such a bust, busted thing. Like if any yeah, of these cards were cycling for colorless. their color, like if like the Footfall Crater was cycling for one red, and the Flourishing Fox was cycling for one white. Those cards would be... I don't know if this deck would actually be playable. Probably not. Yeah, you can just keep such suspect hands as far as, like, color of mana goes. If you just have a castable threat and then everything else could be a different color, as long as these cards have cycling for a colorless or for some number of colorless, you're you're in the clear. You're good to go. Um, The other five cards in the deck that aren't lands are obviously four Zenith Flare, which is the... Four mana, deal X damage, and gain X life where X is the number of cycling cards in your graveyard. Uh, that's the win condition. And then I have one copy of Citywide Busted, which is secretly the best card in the deck. What does that do? So Citywide Bust is one white, white, destroy all creatures with toughness four or greater. Oh, so you just clear the way and then you can kill with your little guys or buy enough time to make an army yeah just getting out of the way any of the the big idiots that are gonna kill me has won me so many games where like my opponent is at like five life but then they have like lethal threats on the board next turn and instead of having to throw away every single creature that i put out on the battlefield at this point i just wrath everything besides my creatures and then kill my opponent that seems pretty good it is 
fucking It's never bad to kill your opponent. No, it is so good. And this deck is nuts. This deck is so good. To round out the deck, I have four copies of Sacred Foundry, four copies of Fabled Passage, uh, six planes, six mountains, and then one copy of uh, the Mardu Cycling Triland. And yeah, that's the deck. And I have won so many games against the quote-unquote top decks in the format. Like, the Jeskai Fires matchup, they can't do anything before turn four. They're I'm killing them. They're dead. The Reclamation decks, they're leaning so hard on their mana guys that they're producing that they don't block with them, so they're dead. Any of the control decks, um, if they don't kill my creatures, they just um, just crush them. Yeah, that ramp again, deck, the, the new Bant clones or whatever. The, yeah, that doesn't Garuda. do anything. Is it Garuda? Is it that the companion? Yeah, Garuda is the one. Uh, yeah, you're getting there because that one's really, really popular. Mm-hmm. I played against that a ton. Yeah, you just kill them before they even get to do anything. Uh, mono red is sometimes an issue just because if they just get like fervent champion, fervent champion, fervent champion, I'm dead on the spot. Like I can't do anything about that. Low start and I can get the healer out. I can just gain enough life. And if I dodge Ember Cleaver, I'm in the clear. All right. Torben's a card. I forgot about that thing. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Torben either, just because it's four mana. And like, if I haven't done enough by that point, like I'm probably going to die anyway. The deck that is causing me the most problems is actually the Luris deck because they have so much recursion and like they just have ways to incidentally gain life. And there's like a mono white life gain too that's playing like uh, a Johnny's Pride Mage and stuff like that. Which Luris? Um, there it's the Luris. Like they're basically all the same deck. They're just Rakdos like sacrifice where they're playing like either like they're just playing like the witches witches oven uh cauldron familiar combo where it's just like you make food uh by sacrificing the cauldron familiar and then just get the cauldron familiar back and then just gaining that incidental life is pretty shitty for me because i'm just trying to kill them but i don't think that matchup's even particularly bad it's like 50 50 i think yeah i like that little annoying combo Oh, it's obnoxious. It definitely is annoying. Um, the 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 one matchup, like I said, that is pretty much fucking unbeatable is like the mono white or black white uh, life gain deck. Like that is just so hard for me to beat because they're just gaining like 15 life and I'm trying to deal with you 20 as fast as I can. But when 20 turns to 30, it gets a lot harder. Yeah, that 10 is a big 10. Oh, massive. It's not like you're down chunks of eight or nine damage you're doing one or two at a time per card yeah um the big thing that helps in that matchup is yodaro because just like spawn they they're giving me a lot of time and they're not killing me quick if they don't kill me quickly at least um an 8-8 trample haste will get the job done oh i was like what the fuck is yodaro but yeah the big turtle yep. Gotcha. yeah yodaro and zenith flare pull a lot of weight in that matchup but yeah i've been jamming these games in the standard room on magic arena just like sit down and just play like like 10 games in a row. And I am crushing. It feels so good. Well, you're just so quick. Yeah, exactly. I just get underneath out, everything yeah. that's happening. Yeah, with new metagames, it's always and like there always are very favors few, aggressive decks. There are very few spells that I've cast that feel as satisfying as like my opponent doing everything in their power to kill my creatures and stop my onslaught of just beating them to death with all my shitty dumb creatures. And they finally do it with like a wrath or something. And then I untap and just Zenith flare them in the fucking head for lethal. 
Like, that is one of the most satisfying feats I've ever had in Magic. Yeah, Zenith Flare is a fun card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is my favorite card in the deck, I think, by a fucking mile and a half. It looks fun. Oh, I'm going to continue to play this deck until I get sick of it. What's and that Buccaneer point, do again? It's basically just another... It's like the the fifth and sixth copy of Stinger, mm. except for the big butt is actually, like, kind of relevant. It can be important, yeah. Yeah, it just, like, kind of, It just pulls a different, like, double duty things. Like, it has haste, so, like, three mana, just get in for two in the matchups where I'm just trying to get them dead as quick as possible while also cycling stuff away. Pretty good. Because you got to yeah, remember, cycling, it. you are discarding the card. This deck seems really cheap. Oh, it's disgusting. There are only... Favorable the Passage and Yadaros and Sacred Foundry. Yeah, I had the Sacred Foundries for some reason on Magic Online. So it was Fabled Passage, Sacred Foundry, Yadaro, and uh, Zirda, plus one copy of uh, Citywide Blessing are the only rares in the deck. Everything else I had from just drafting the shit out of them. That's it. <laughs> Bunch of draft comments and uncommons to for the win. Yeah, because initially I was just like, okay, I wonder how much, how many like wild cards I would have to use to build this. Uh, and it turns out I had everything but like one copy of Zenith Flare, the three copies of Yodaro, the Fabled Passages, the Citywide Blessing, and Zirda. Everything else I had just gotten, and most of them were probably from like very late picks and drafts. So I was just like, well, there's nothing else in this pack, so I might as well take that. That's so funny. Yeah, it's great. You're so a dirty, if you're dirty playing arena. Player. Yeah, if you're playing Arena and you can get down with uh, the drafts, you can build this deck for essentially no resource. And I highly recommend it because this deck solely, and I don't give a shit about like the ladder system on Magic Arena. It just doesn't matter to me. But this deck has gotten me to gold, like tier one. So like on the brink of whatever the next thing is, like diamond or platinum or whatever. Uh, This deck has gotten me there in less than a week. That's funny. But Matt, you have also been playing some Magic. Not in the same way that I have. Not even close to the same way you have nope, been. not even kind of close. What kind of Magic have you been playing, dude? I have been playing online, but I've been playing uh, old school in video chat, like Skyping, and we've actually been using something called Whereby. Uh, Do to play. tell. Yeah, we've been playing Paper, paper Magic uh, through, like, not streaming, but, like I said, a video chat service where... Um, I use my phone and a tripod with the phone facing down, camera front facing, so it will record, not record, but show my battlefield. And then I use my computer to be able to see the other persons, and we play that way. Huh. So, what, you did this this week, right? Uh, yeah, we played Saturday for like four and a half hours. So, how did that go? Really good. It was fun. It was did you really guys fun. I was have any, like, my old school deck? Did you guys have any, like, trials and... or tribulations with this? this process a little bit of back feed but you just we have to you just have to figure out which one to mute and that was about it huh just positioning so you can actually see the battlefield and occasionally i'd put like one of us would put something off where we couldn't see just like hey slide that over and you just slide it over and you're good but so far like those are the only issues that you've had with it yeah the actual only issue that's sweet like no connection and, uh, issues nothing like that no, no, my phone died at one point. I just plugged it in. Um, and to keep it from backfeeding, I had to plug my headphones in. So I bought a like a $4 splitter for the iPhone, which will plug in, and then you can charge and have your headphones plugged in since the new iPhone is only one port. It doesn't have the two ports like it used oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I bought that. It was, I think, $6 off Amazon. I have that in my car. Like, I'm pretty sure I bought the exact same one for my car charger and, like, my aux cord. Yeah, it's just a double port for that. Yeah, so that's just, like, that's a pretty common, I think, accoutrement for iPhones. Yeah, and that's literally the only thing we needed, or I needed it. And I'm sure if you use, like, a Bluetooth headset, you'd be able to do that as well. Yeah, or if uh, you have a computer with a webcam and an, an additional webcam or just two webcams and you plug them in, uh, it should be able to record two different screens. You don't actually need to use your phone. Oh, yeah, it just records the audio source from them, and then you just yeah, use you the screens from that. Two screens, yeah. Slick, I like that. And obviously, like, that's utilizing technology for playing old school, but that's applicable to if we want to play Commander or Modern or Legacy or Standard or anything. Yeah, it didn't, doesn't have to be old school. And if you don't feel like buying shit on Magic Online, that's a simple way to do it. What was the software you used for that? We used a, a website and app called Whereby, W-H-E-R-E-B-Y.com. Okay. And you literally just create a room. Um, the free version only allows four people in there. So the way we had it set up, it was only two of us because we each were running two screens. But we were talking about it and we could easily have, uh, we could do it on Skype and be able to do it that way. Yeah, that have, makes a lot of sense. Or use one of each. Because the whereby worked really, uh, really good. And then use Skype for like seeing other people's screens or vice versa. And this is, I mean, that seems like a awesome setup. I mean, there's like a million different softwares. Yeah, you, that you can, can use, use Zoom, that. Skype. Fuck, you could do FaceTime if you really wanted to. I'm sure like Google Hangouts works with that. Yeah, I know the uh, our group in the hometown that I grew up in, they use Google Hangouts a lot. Yeah, I don't know if they have a video feed thing, but I mean, if not, there's, again, there's a million different fucking things that you could use. For yeah, just look it up. And Discord has one. Oh, yeah, you can stream on Discord and just like check out the streams. Well, we were talking before about like different ways that we could do like a live stream game. And it seems like that is a pretty simple fix for any of the problems that we would have. Just like being able to stream the feed on Discord and then use Discord audio. So then it's just a Discord would be a one-stop shop for anything like that. Yeah, Discord has been, uh, I was talking to you earlier, Discord has been dangerous for me because I'm in the old school Discord and people are selling <laughs> stuff all the time. And I'm like, shit, do I really want to get there because I will spend a lot of money? Yeah, and the answer is like, yes, but also really, is it yes? It's worth it. <laughs> I'm I, that is going to be my mission for this week. My homework, some would say, is to get the fetch and shock discord up and running. Well, it's up, it's just not running yet. Yeah, it's up, but I haven't posted the uh permanent link yet because I want to make sure everything is as it is. Matt is in there. Um, and after the podcast is recorded, I'm gonna make him a moderator, but then we'll open it up to the public and I think we'll end up making something a part of that be a part of our giveaways too so like that'll be a nice little touch yeah add it to the collection hell yeah yeah i'm gonna have to get on this uh paper magic train i just i like it a lot better we've talked about this ad nauseum yeah There's just, just like something about playing sensation yep, of playing magic. absolutely shuffling a deck and actually playing the cards and doing this there is just Plus, something there's something that looks great about uh being able to play with like beta and unlimited alpha yeah it turns out actual I old school I cannot white border cards on Magic Arena or Magic Online. So, uh, yeah, 
No, not yet. But I can do it on paper. So streaming the stuff is the, the closest thing I can do to play my white border cards in person. <laughs> that you can, sir. It is so funny to me that you are just you're now playing old school, like through webcams and stuff. And now I am a standard player. Yeah. Well, old school has kind of always been up my alley. Yeah, that's true. There's just something I like about it. All the nostalgia and so now you're the companions. You're the old head who is playing old school and playing vintage. You're the arena grinder. Sometimes dabbling in legacy. And yeah, I'm I'm the motherfucker who's playing standard. I'm doing a ton of drafts of the most recent format. And I'm playing Legacy and a little bit of my, and we're both like a dabbling in modern. And I'm playing Commander a shit ton now. We have covered almost every format that Magic can possibly offer. Yeah, the, we haven't ever gotten into like Canadian Highlander. Oh, you're right. Maybe one of us needs to dive into uh, uh, some Highlander action for the people out there. You can play Power. Well, that seems like that would be your bag then. You are now in charge of the Canadian Highlander portion of the Fashion Shock podcast. It's going to die out real quick. Hate to break it to you. (laughs) Maybe that'll be the format that we leave to the professional. Every other format, we're just jack of all trades, master of none. (laughs) We're just fucking dabbling in it all. We'll leave it to someone else. When the Discord opens up, someone can run that channel. Perfect. Well, Matt, you know what format that you and I have both dabbled in that we're big fans of? Limited? Well, I mean, we have played Limited before together, but there's another one that I'm I'm thinking of right now. I don't know where you're going with this. Matt, come on now. I'm talking about Popper, man. Oh, oh, oh. I knew you were trying to lead me, and I did know that you wanted to talk about Popper. You goofy son of a bitch. That one wasn't a very smooth transition, bud. I mean, I think that one was really good, because the second I say Popper, that slots us into the spice of the week. Yeah, this one is the spice. spice. Come on now. Spicy, spicy meatball. I'm giving them Matt the week off because I'm bringing the heat this week because I spent a lot of time this past week playing some really stupid cycling cards in standard. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder what other formats these shitty commons that cycle could be very good. And obviously Popper is there for me. Popper is that warm hugging embrace that I could look to. So I looked up some some potential cycling things that i can do in popper and the first thing i found was this uh youtuber who is his name is caleb gannon and you can find him on youtube at caleb gannon um i haven't watched any of his other videos but Stop i have that watched out for people um it is c-a-l-e-b-g-a-n-n-o-n caleb gannon but this guy again haven't watched any of his other videos besides his popper that this specific deck that we're talking about but if they're as fun as this deck is, then he is worth checking out. Our Spice of the Week is actually his second iteration of his uh, Cycling Storm deck. But yeah, it is Popper Cycling Storm. And this deck is a pile of cards, for sure. Yeah, it is. That's the best way to put it. It's a pile. Yeah. So the the core strategy of this deck is that you are going to cycle a ton of creatures into your graveyard and then you're going to use all of the cards that you've drawn from that and all of the creatures in your graveyard to produce manas through rituals and then the rituals that you cast you're going to cast a storm spell that returns cards from your graveyard 
to your hand, rinse and repeat until you can either kill your opponent with the Akoria card, uh, Dranith Stinger, which is the two mana 2-2 two -two that deals damage to your opponent every time you cycle, or just use all the mana that you produced to just cast all of these dumb, big cycling creatures just directly onto the battlefield and then just win next turn by attacking for lethal. So yeah, either way we'll get there. The most important card I think read is reaping the graves. Yes. So I would start there and then, and then go. Yeah. One of the central themes of the, the deck is like Matt said, four copies of reaping the graves. It is two and a black at instant speed. You return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. It has storm. So you get to copy the spell for each spell you cast before it this turn. The other spells that you're going to be casting during during that turn are like four copies of Cabal Ritual, which is two mana, make three black mana. Or if you have Threshold, which is seven or more cards in your graveyard, you make five black mana instead. You're also playing four copies of Manamorphose, four copies of Chromatic Star, one copy of chromatic sphere and then you're also playing four copies of a card called song of the dam which for one black mana you produce a black mana for each creature card in your graveyard turns out if you're cycling a shitload of creatures this can produce a shitload of mana uh the creature suite again is mostly just cycling cards it is four copies of deadshot minotaur four copies of draineth healer four copies of draineth stinger Two copies of Horror of the Broken Land, four copy of Opposing Vantasaur, four copies of Monstrous Carabid, four copies of Street Wraith, and then three copies of Tinderwall, which is the only card that doesn't creature card that doesn't have cycling in it. It is one green, and for you can sacrifice it and produce two red mana. So that helps with the fixing. Outside of that, the main deck is just six land three forest one swamp two barren more which is just a land that enters tapped that you can cycle for one black and it produces a black well the the big thing is uh tender walls and land grant get you started yeah it is yeah the four copies of land grant pretty much ensure that you can those are those basically are basically just, forests there's and four more lands one. four more lands in your deck and those do add to the storm cap, which is Often relevant. Yeah, Tender Wall, like you said, is just another mana ramp spell, and it helps with fixing because eventually you do want the red mana to cast your Dranid Stingers. Everything else in the deck, like, doesn't really have a mana cost to it, except for maybe one black or one green. Or red. The red, red, black, and green, those are. Yeah, so I'm saying, the rituals besides are, the rituals the are black. Fixed. Like, you can make a ton of black mana with the Cabal Ritual and the Songs of the Damned. And just go off. So what like the ideal game plan for this deck looks like is you turn one, land, cycle something away. Or like, land turn... grant, yeah. Yeah, or like, yeah, one of the two. Like turn two, put a mana source on the battlefield, cycle something away. And then turn three, that's like you're going off turn. So this is a turn three combo deck where you start cycling uh, multiple things away, maybe casting a ritual to cycle some more things away. And then... It, casting a songs of the damned to make a ton of mana that's your big mana spell yes and then casting reaping the graves to get all of the things back and then using the mana produced from songs to just redo that whole entire thing until 
you can cast more spells, then recast another Songs of the Damned, then recast Reaping the Graves, and then have essentially infinite mana at that point to where you can just play out a Duranus Stinger and then cycle through your entire deck and 20 your opponent. And sure, that sounds convoluted, but if you actually watch this guy play the deck, like if you watch the, the Caleb Gannon play the deck, he just rolls through people. If they don't have counter magic to deal with it, they're just a dead beef if they don't put a significant clock off. Yeah, and you can eventually go through, so you can have a couple rituals in hand, and if they counter the first one, you say, okay, ritual again, and just kind of fight through it. It's not ideal, but it can do it. And then, like, this deck could play a slower game. It could, for sure. I don't know if that's particularly what it would want to do. Oh, but... no, absolutely not. That's not... You're not looking to be like, oh, okay, I want to go off 107. But you still could. Yeah. But, like, I I was going down the cycling rabbit hole and saw this deck, watched this guy's videos, and was just like, oh, wow. Okay. He has something here. This is a real deck. If you're running up against, like I said, a counterspell deck, you're probably in bad shape because, like, two counterspells in your opponent's hand ruins you. Like, there's no way you can win through that. And there's a good portion of the time where if they have one counterspell in the deck and you try to go off too early you're ruined again but yeah, like there's they, just, there's they get you there's plenty of decks in the format that don't play counter spells like if you're playing against a boros aggro deck which is one of the more dominant decks in the format uh they have to clock you before you kill them and a lot of the times they just can't same thing with uh like a like the mono green beatdown deck um tron well the only decks the times, that really play counter spells are tron and their counter spells generally aren't online super, super early. Yeah, and the real thing about that, their counter spells are like condescend. If they don't have Tron, you can easily pay for a condescend with a threshold cabal ritual or a decent sized songs of the day. Yeah. And then just continue. The one deck that I feel like this would just fold to is the the Delver, like the blue red Delver, the blue Delver deck. Blue red Delver in like blue black control are probably the worst matchups. But like Affinity, you crush. Elves, you crush. Boros, you crush. Any of those filthy net deckers. I mean, there's only so much you can do in Popper, but this is something... I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I get it. But this is something off the beaten path that I thought was some really cool Akoria cards that, again, you can just get in drafts. Like, you can just, just pick them on the wheel. Yeah. Like this whole deck on what TCG you're on? Yeah. Is $105. And, and the that's majority a, of that probably comes from Manamorphos, the chromatic stuff. Yeah, probably Manamorphos, Stars, and Street Wraiths. Outside of that, like, all these cards are worth pennies. Yeah, Songs of the Damned is what, Ice Age? It really doesn't see play in anything. No, Songs of the Damned is worth uh, approximately 10 cents right now. Yeah. And it was also reprinted... And online, in, I'm sure this is a little bit cheaper. Songs of the Damned was also reprinted in uh, Ultimate Masters. Did not know that. Yeah, because it's not a very good card in any other format besides Popper, apparently. And they printed it at Uncommon and Ultimate Masters. What fucks? <laughs> Classic. So that's some spice. That one is a spicy meatball for sure. Yeah, I really like it. If I get around to playing more Popper after I get off my uh, standard addiction, I might just throw this deck together on Magic Online because I'm assuming on Magic Online, it is much, much cheaper. Oh, uh, yeah. I Again, the Manamorphos, a little pricey. But besides that, you're you're good to go. Yeah, but Popper turns out even with just commons, pretty powerful format. 
Yeah, you can do some pretty broken things in that format for being all common. I'd say you can do some pretty busted things in a lot of formats with commons. Wouldn't Set you say, you up Matt? There, bud, didn't I? You really did, Matt. How do you feel about commons? I feel like there's a top five out somewhere with them. Would you say that maybe at some point in your life you thought of, hey, what would be my top five commons of all time? I could see someone saying that. Well, Matt, conveniently enough, I have also recently, as of like an hour or so ago, <laughs> thought of what my top five commons would be. Hey, hey. That's our top five, ladies and gentlemen. We have top five commons. This is a fun one. I think I racked my brain for all of like five seconds for this one. Did not take much. Yeah, it was not very, uh, not very time intensive. Yeah, I played, a, I played a decent amount, not a ton, a decent amount of popper. I played a lot of popper commander. Uh, and so this was a little bit easier for me. But Matt, do you have any honorable mentions? I do indeed, actually. So the blue cantrips are like Brainstorm, Ponder, Preordain, Gitaxian Probe. Just the overtly powerful one mana uh, draw cards or and or filter. Yeah, that was also, that's in my honorable mentions, is just generically blue cantrips. Because like you said, historically, there have been some disgusting, common blue cantrip like my list has brainstorm gush ponder a Gitaxian probe treasure cruise and i also put uh faithless looting in that list okay yeah i have that on my other list yes it's not necessarily blue cantrip but it might as well be it feels really blue when you cast that yeah and if you dig deeper you can find a lot of other common blue cantrips that mm -hmm. are still really good like careful study Pretty much Faithless Ding without the flashback. It's one blue, draw two, discard two. Pretty good. Yeah, that card's banned in Popper. Yeah, it should be. It's really fucking yeah, good. Yeah, that card's insane. Um, but uh, some of the other things that I have are Counterspell, okay. Duress, Days, Dark Ritual, and then an actual Popper, Popper comment is uh, Tortured Existence. I just, I like that card a lot. Oh, you do like that card a lot? It's fun. It's Birthing Pod-esque slash yep. Survival-esque. Yeah, I like that. Out of the out of the honorable mentions you named, uh, I have three additional honorable mentions. I have Thraben Investigator, which... Is that the Inspector? Thraben Inspector, you mean? Or Inspector, yeah, not Investigator. Yeah, Thraben Inspector. Well, it does That's investigate, why he's an mention, so... <laughs> yeah, so Thraben Inspector. I mean, one mana, one, two, makes a clue. I dig that card. Play that card in Modern, um, and it's fine. It's a good card. I That's probably my favorite common printed in, like, the Modern era as far as white creatures. I love that. Um, also, Gurmag yeah, Angler really good. is in my honorable mentions. Gurmagangler is pretty good, yeah. I, I don't love Gangler, but I appreciate I appreciate Gangler. It's a very, I very powerful. I appreciate your appreciation. And my last one, uh, most people don't realize this card is a common, but High Tide. Yeah, High Tide is for sure common. Yeah, High Tide because is Because back disgusting. in the day when it was printed, it was not the greatest thing. Maybe made four mana, six mana. And back then, you didn't really have a lot to do with that mana. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah. High Tide, for one blue mana at instant speed, islands produce an additional blue when you tap them. Nowadays, you have Time Spiral and... You have ways to untap your lands, turns out. It turns out to be pretty good. And I really do love High Tide and Legacy. I really enjoy that. It's uh, playing with yourself with math is pretty much how I look at it. I have played High Tide a handful of times, both online and paper. 
And every time I play it, I'm just like, wow, I'm really bad at this deck. While also simultaneously being like, oh, I'm having the time. It's so fun. Yeah, it seems fun. I've obviously never played it. It's so hard to play. Yeah, you have to be on the ball with how much mana you have, how much you can have, being able to um, manage that at every given point during each spell. Yeah, it's there's a lot of math involved. So who whose goes first this time around? Is it me? I don't know. I'll I'll run my number five out here. My number five, I think it's also on your list. My number five is Delver of Secrets. That's a hell of a good common. Yeah, that's a fucking insane common. Delver Arguably is the ev- best best blue creature ever printed. Yeah, he's up there. Arguably. And, yeah, you could put like Snapcaster Mage. He's Arguably, the best yeah. Common creature. Yes. Blue Hands on. It it literally changed legacy forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is just like that Delver has been since it was printed the litmus test of legacy. That if yep. you can cannot you beat, beat Delver, Delver, your deck just you really cannot conceivably play it in that form. Yep. Absolutely. And as much as I hate that, I also love playing Death and Taxes and eating Delver players for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So number five on my top favorite commons. Uh, Delver, because I love chewing that card into pieces. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> My number five is uh, people would forget that these were common. They were recently, well, recently, quote unquote, reprinted uncommon, but they are the Tron land. Ooh. Yeah, they were originally common. So you're right. Urza's Tower, Urza's Mine, and Urza's Power Plant together make a cool seven colorless man. Shit, I wasn't even thinking the lands were mine. I mean, I obviously knew that they were commons, but... That's the only land I have. That's that's a good one. Yeah, or a good uh... three, I guess. Because they're not good individually, but together, they are Boston. Oh, yep. Still one of the best decks. In, well, I don't know anymore, but uh, Dominate Modern. Well, do, can we show some love to Cloudpost with that as well? Yeah. That can be in there too. That is actually too powerful for modern. For popper and popper, yeah. Yeah. So super powerful. Uh, just produce stupid amounts of colorless mana. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking mana. That's that. That's a really good one. I wasn't even thinking of lands, man. That good, good, good thinking. Uh, my number four, also a common for some fucking how. Uh, Black Lotus's little brother, uh, Lotus. Yeah. Lotus Petal is a common, isn't it? It is a common, yes. That's such a good one, too. I was thinking about putting that in my honorable mentions, but I also hate Lotus Petal, except for the art. The art is phenomenal. Card itself, is gorgeous. not a big fan. I'm glad with the... I had to buy a stu- uh, from the Vault one because I was the only foil of oh, it. Oh, because uh, you had my half vintage foil because, you know, man. It's man. still the same art, though, which is, it is. I was right. happy about. So what is your number four? My number four is actually... And like I, nobody can argue with me about this because it's just true. My number four is the biggest and baddest creature printed at common. It is Ulamog's Crusher. Oh, I was like, you already said Gamangler. Yeah, Ulamog's Crusher is a common. Oh, Ulamog's Crusher will eat Gamangler for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, baby. Yeah, that it will. Just nice, a casual cool. eight-eight with Annihilator two has eight. to attack each turn. This is the biggest and baddest creature. At common, and if you ever have played Popper Commander, you have put this card in your deck, guaranteed. Has to go in. It would be odd not to. Yeah, and it's just like, just because I have played so much of that format with some of my favorite people on the planet, this this card holds a very close piece of my heart. 
I have won and lost so many games on the back of this card in Popper Commander. It is unfathomable. Oh, yeah, it's big. It doesn't care about anything. It's like, hey, I'm attacking either way. You're going to sacrifice two. And you might be able to trade off with it, but it's going to be a nice like three for one. Yeah. Actually, five for one because they sack first. So. Oh, yeah. And some of things got to jump in front of this thing or else you're just nugging them for eight. And then you just get to redo it next turn. Pretty good. Yeah. And uh, the black red reanimator deck in Popper. Love it. You get yeah. uh, Dragon Fang on that boy. Give her haste and just start smushing. Get after it. I love that. Are you ready so for my number is... three? I am ready for my number three is actually one of your honorable mentions. I'm shocked it was an honorable mention. It is Counterspell, the original. The OG. Yeah, I mean, you can't get more tried and true magic that now every card from here until Affinity is judged upon Counterspell. There's only been one count, blue, blue Counterspell that is better than Counterspell. Oh, yeah. Do you know what, do you know what that is? Oh, you're talking about uh, Mana Leak, or not Mana Leak. Uh, uh, mana drain. Yes, that's the the one that they were like, let's make this slightly better, and then they're like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, that card's really good. Turns out that card is not common, though. Thank Christ. No, yeah, thankfully not. Because well, um, they thought initially that was going to cause mana burn, so like that fixed it, right? And then mana burn went away, and they're like, oh, yikes, mana drain's fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I still play formats where mana drain's a thing. Dude. Don't don't talk ill. <laughs> Try not to. But counterspell though. Yeah, uh, good on your list. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's just some good common cards. Yeah, that's, I mean, I that is more coming from the fact that I have cast so many worse versions of this card throughout my Magic career that you have to tip the hat to the OG number one. Very first iteration of it. Yeah, uh, I definitely do. Big fan of counterspell. So how about your number three? What do you got? My number three... Uh, was on your top five already. Uh, the Mister Delver of Delver of Squeakrits. Yes, sir. Yeah, you can't uh, really go wrong with a three-two flyer, man. Yeah, everything we said about it. Ditto. Just a potent threat. Turn one that if you protect, it's going to put some work in. Yep, protect the queen. Delver is the 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 ideal deck for that strategy. Like play it out turn one, and then just make the rest of your game plan, making sure that Delver doesn't die. Chances are you'll win that game if that plan succeeds. Yeah, three damage every turn uh, adds up, turns out. That's a clock. Um, my number two, uh, arguably one of the best spells ever printed, um, Mr. Lightning Bolt. Ooh. This is Lightning Bolt. It is Lightning Bolt. That's a good one. This is a common. It's uh, three damage to anything for one red. Bolt the bird, bolt the face, kill your planeswalker. Oh, really I, I mean... If I would have to put a check down for one card that has killed more people than any other card, it's probably Lightning Bolt. Oh, uh, yeah. Like one single card that has killed more Magic players in a game of Magic than any card in Magic's history, it has to be Lightning Bolt. has to be. Yeah, just over time, it adds up. Yeah, just dealing that I was thinking maybe, three points maybe Fireball, but Bolt has just seen so much, so much more, more play. play. So much more. Yeah, Bolt's been in standard formats. Bolt's been in modern since modern existed. Bolt's been in legacy since legacy existed. Bolt's been in popper since popper existed. Bolt has just been ubiquitous in magic. Every, Every burn spell, kind of like how we were talking about counterspell, where everything is just like, oh, this is just this version of counterspell. Every burn spell is just this version of Bolt. There's a reason why people talk about 
oh dies to dies to uh three toughness in magic since alpha has been volatile the bolt, the bolt test yeah does it die to bolt yep it does turns out yeah really good yeah, very versatile players die to bolt everything dies to bolt that's a good one all right what now you ready for my final two i suppose so well my number two is actually ancestral recall oh yeah <laughs> i mean basically it's squadron hawk Oh, I thought you were going to say Treasure Cruise. No, Treasure Cruise is in the honorable mention. Squadron Hawk. It's basically Ancestral Recall for white decks. Like it's, it's Ancestral two mana. Recall where you just draw three more squad. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just a two mana one one flyer that you just draw three more two mana one one flyers. Like get better than that. You can't. And as a white player, sign me up. Like Squadron Hawk, even in its standard format, was absolutely disgusting. Like almost got an entire deck banned. Got two or did get entire deck yeah. yeah. Like you just, they banned the Jace Squadron Hawk Stoneforge Mystic deck out of existence because Squadron Hawk holds a sword like a motherfucker. That it do. And there was a time where Squadron Hawk was really fun and actually playable in Legacy, which was a sweet time. In Squadron Hawk, I still play in almost every single deck that I play in Popper because that card is just fucking gross. And I've always, I mean, obviously, White Creature. Pseudo draws cards get better than that in Tyler's world. You can't. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll give you that one. I wasn't expecting that one for sure. Oh, I love me some squawk, baby. My next one, Matt, this was on your list. You, you took all the thunder out from underneath me. My number one is lightning bolt. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Bolt is so good. Uh, that's, I was trying my best to away from. Yeah, you did it. Well, you succeeded. You made it through this, this week. Yeah. Uh, lightning bolt. I cast lightning bolt probably more than I've cast any other common. I would say maybe Serum Visions is close second. But yeah, Lightning Bolt is just for everything we've said about it before. It, all that and more. That's Lightning Bolt. Lightning Bolt is just the number one common in my book. My favorite card at common that I've ever played. And I don't even play red that often. But when I do, you can guarantee there's going to be four copies of Lightning Bolt in that deck. Or at least some number of lightning. Nope. I don't think I've ever registered a deck and played less than four copies. Neither have I, but there have been times where it was incorrect to play lightning bolt. Well, those people are incorrect. Always four, never not. Eldrazi winner is what I was referring to. Because I, I, love, I love, I love, I love Jeskai Control. So, yes, I'm a big, big fan of being able to bolt, snap bolt to finish games for sure. That's fair. Yeah, Bolt and Bolt is just a time-honored tradition. Of making Matt, your opponent friggin' taste the, it. What the fuck is your number one? You really couldn't figure that one out, could you? I am going to go ahead and say it's Treasure Cruise. No, that's a blue cantrip, dude. Oh, is it Mystical Teachings? That's technically blue cantrip, but it's not. Oh, I'll man, give you I, one more guess. I honestly am not sure. It would have to be... Is it Fireball? Astrolade. Oh, fuck you. It um, is probably the best comment ever printed. Yeah. Arkham's Astrolabe. It's so fucking good. Oh, it's a can tripping artifact so that mana fixes. You really can't do much better than that. We just control all delete that card out of magic. Probably should. Yeah. Fuck that Astrolabe, man. And it's a common. What the fuck was Wizards thinking? Well, it, let's be in limited. Wasn't the greatest thing. It was okay. Yep. But in constructed. It just, it basically shuts off people trying. It kind of fucked Wasteland pretty hard because people just play. You're like telling two. me 
asshole. Yeah. I play Wasteland That's decks. True. <laughs> yeah, like you just turn one fetch, basic island, basic snow island, astrolabe. Your man is pretty much set for the game. Yeah, and it's obnoxious. Fuck astrolabe. Is this still legal in Legacy? Yeah, for some goddamn reason. So good. Too good. Too fucking good. It's a one mana cantrip that I guess I kind of, it's not a blue cantrip. I'm safe. One mana cantrip that fixes your mana. Can't really ask for. No, it does. It does everything you want it to do. And then also just more. It just does more. Yeah. If you blink it or bounce it with Teferi, you get to draw another card. Turns out that's pretty good. Yeah. Too good. I would say. Uh, too fucking good. Yeah, there's a reason this got banned in Popper. Um, there's a reason people call for it being in Legacy. Yeah, it's I gross. don't think it'll get banned in Modern. Um, probably should have been over Opal, but I'm not fucking getting into that. <laughs> okay, that uh, brought me back but, from my deep depression of you mentioning Afterlife, <laughs> is that? But yeah, this is... It's hard to argue there being an actual better common card. Outside of like, the really ridiculous cantrip. Like Brainstorm. Treasure Cruise is what I was thinking, but... Cruise. Yeah, Probe, too. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Astrolabe is just, like, has done so much in its short time being a card. It pretty much it changed Legacy pretty quickly. People were like, oh, this is really good. Um, it cantrips. It protects my mana. I People play four or five color decks, mostly basics and fetch lands. And it did survive the Renin Six banning, which I think we, we did all see coming. But, like, even without Renin Six, like, a disgusting two-mana card that just also fixes your mana, turns out that card's just still dumb. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is it's, it really allows you to play ridiculous mana bases. Or not ridiculous mana bases. The mana bases are pretty straightforward. It's no, they're the, just ridiculously resilient mana bases. Like, specifically in modern, like the, the Astrolabe decks, they're generally, like, what, six snow-covered islands, like one or two off-color. Yeah. And then you could you could literally play whatever you wanted as long as like you you could not have any red sources in your deck and still play like uh what's the red black card that you love. Are you talking about Colgan's command you piece of shit? command, yeah. Why do you keep on bring, bringing up my least favorite cards ever? I had to bring you back down, but like you could God splash like that so easily without really trying all that difficult. What a brutal. Or trying all that hard. Yeah, fuck Astrolabe. Uh, that's like one if we did well, we kind of did do top cards that we hate the most. But if we wouldn't, if if our next top five was like top five cards we want to just control out, delete out of Magic. No, we did top sure. five painful cards to play against. We didn't do top five cards we hate. Oh well, if we redid that, it would be a lot of the similar cards that I said for the hated cards, except for uh, Astrolabe is definitely on. Fuck that card! What an absolutely agonizing end to a lovely top five. I like Astrolabe. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fair god let's move into something less infuriating i don't want to i like it <laughs> well this could also potentially be infuriating but i don't know if anything's less infuriating than or more infuriating than astrolab what would be what's that not the accumulated knowledge oh jesus christ i'm stupid today i love that <laughs> hold on give me one second sorry go ahead continue yeah, so Matt, are you ready to dive in to uh, accumulated knowledge? I suppose so. It's you asking me, right? I think you're asking me, because didn't you fail last week? Or did I fail? No, you won last week. No, I failed last week. No, you're right. Good catch. Yeah, I thought so. So it is me I just wanted to remember that you failed. That's all I was going to I knew all along. 
again, more infuriation. Thank you. I appreciate that. My blood I really pressure did is it, but through the fucking yeah. roof. God damn it. So go ahead and explain accumulated knowledge. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, every week we end the, the podcast with a little game we like to refer to as accumulated knowledge. So in this game, we go to the Scryfall website, we hit the random card generating button, and a random card pops up. One of us asks the other the name of the card. The other has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they get it wrong, they get to do whatever they want with Arkham's Astrolabe. So Matt, to please play lose. Only Arkham's Astrolabe. So I can rip it into shreds. It, well, it's not like Arkham's Astrolabe as a concept. It's just one copy of Arkham's Astrolabe. Ah, uh, fair. We don't have quite that much power yet. So Matt, are you ready for your very first? I suppose so. Your first card is Debilitating Injury. Pretty sure this is a removal spell from cons or that block. Pretty sure this is minus two, minus two. I think it's one in a, I'm pretty sure it's one in a black. Matt, is that your final answer? Yes, because I had this in our chaos draft and we did it at Mitch's house because it's really good. It is almost as good as the other removal spell. That is exactly this. It is dead weight. But yeah, yeah, but it is one more colorless mana. You are right. It is one and a black for enchant creature. Enchant creature gets minus two, minus two. You nailed it. That one was a very easy. Yeah, that was a softball question. This next one, not so easy. The next one is Candles of Lang. I know Library of Lang is one. Yeah, but this isn't a library. This is just a candle. Or no, it's candles, plural. There's more than one candle. Candles. Yes. I was going to go one colorless, but I don't think it is anymore. Two or more candles. It's not candelabra. It's candles. It's just candles. Yep. Just just some candles. So you don't get the candelabra with it. You just get the candles. I don't even think I'm going to waste a hint on this. Candles of Langmat. I'm thinking. I uh, Do I waste a hint? I don't think so. Ah, fuck, man. I don't know. Two, two, two or three. Two, two, two. Matt. Is it fucking? A tome stored in its light. Is a is as crisp as the day it was written. Matt, is to your final answer. I don't know now with that shitty. Fuck you. Yes, too. <laughs> oh god damn it! You got it. Yeah, that. I have no idea what that was. I'm surprised I got that. That was a yeah, lucky I'm, guess. I'm pretty sure nobody else does either. Uh, but now we do because now permanently ingrained in our brain. It is four mana. Tap it. Reveal the top card of your library. If it has the same name as a card in your graveyard, put it into your graveyard. Otherwise, draw a card. That's terrible. Seems like an okay commander card, right? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, just draw a four mana draw a card. It's worse than the book. Yeah, just hopefully you don't flip over a basic land that's also in your library or in your graveyard. Yeah, yeah apparently. This is really bad. I'm surprised I got that. Not so... great. Matt, are you ready for your next one? I suppose so. Give me less candles of Langy. I will give you Meekstone. How about that? I feel like that's somewhere in between. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say one color. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it, dude. Do you know what the card does? Yes. Uh, Creatures with power three or greater do not untap the untap stuff. Yeah, you nailed it exactly word for word. Yeah, I love this card. Yeah, Meekstone's pretty good. Do you not think I was going to get this one? No, I knew you were going to get that one. Oh, okay. I was like... But like, I don't... Is it as good as debilitating it? Or like easy? I don't think so. This is way better. Oh, it's better, but I don't know if it's... The beta version of this is stupid expensive. Yes, it is. Even the unlimited ones are like 20 bucks or so. Pretty pricey. Good old school card. 
Very good old school. All right, Matt, are you ready for your fourth one? Yes, sir. It is towards the difficulty of Candles of Lang. It is Oof. Order of the Ebon Hand. Oh, I know this. This is uh, Black Black. You're not serious. Yeah, this is uh, the reverse white one. It's Black Black. It's a 2-1 pro-white. Um, for Black Black, it gets plus 1, plus 0. Oh, and for Black, it gets first strike. You're this disgusting. Is from, uh, this is like a You're really a good card, mutant. dude. This is an old school, too. From Fallen Empires. It's the I... exact it's the opposite of Order of the White Hand. Order of Lipper. You are the, the worst person one. I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, though. I know I'm right. That one's super easy. God damn yeah. it. Order of Lightbur is the white one. Lipper. Lipper, Lightbur. Whatever, dude. You got it right. <laughs> you sack of shit. Can't believe you thought you were gonna stump me on something from a good card from Fallen Empires. Alright, well you already won, but I'll give you your last one anyway. I think you're gonna lose this one too. Which is nice. little redemption for me. What do you mean, um, two? I didn't lose one yet. That's what I'm saying. You get your last one. I think you're going to lose this one. Oh, uh, oh, uh, okay. So it's Pardic Dragon. Well, I think you might have been right. Yeah, I don't see you getting this one. Also, fuck you. I'm not giving you a hint. I'm guessing it's red. That'll be your first hint. It is red. You got it. Is it a dragon? You also, okay, there's your two hints. You got, it is red and it is a dragon. I would also read you the flavor text, but it doesn't have any. Old or new, it doesn't sound. It's a card. Fuck. Magic I'm going to say three red red. Matt is four red red. Fucking loser. I am a loser. <laughs> what does this one do? <laughs> so, Partic Dragon, like I said, four red red for a four four flyer. It has fire breathing. So, for uh, one red. It gets a plus one, plus O oh until the end of turn. It also has suspend two for two red. And then whenever an opponent plays a spell, if Partic Dragon is suspended, that player may put a time counter on Partic Dragon. It's terrible. Not great. It's a rare just, time spiral. Rather just cast it for fucking six. I'm actually kind of shocked you didn't get it because it's also a common or an uncommon from Modern Mouse. Yeah, I would have never drafted that. No, it seems like a bad card, but... Still is it would a, only is be good a moral if victory for me. Re- if you can like play it and then remove a counter. Like there are some things that you can remove counters from suspended cards. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be the only way it would be good. But yeah, not a particularly good card. But again, moral victory for me, so I'll take it. I got a lot of softball. I can't believe you thought you were going to get me on Order of the Even Hand. I forgot it was a fucking old school card. Give me a break. Even though, even then, I played this when I was a little kid in the mono black deck. Oh, you're such a garbage person. God damn. All right, dude. Well, congratulations for your win. I'm glad you missed the last one, you piece of shit. Uh, but you get the shout out for the week. Wow. Fucking angry boy, are we? Listen, you got me fired up with the Astrolabe thing, and then you brought up Cole against Command. <laughs> you just worked me up at the end of this episode. I just I just piled it on. Yeah, fuck too much. Really funny. You know what, Tyler? Even though I just shit stomped you, and you thought you were going to get me on some... Very classic cards. I will give you the Lang, the Candles card, but other than that, um, I actually don't have a shout-out this week, so I'll be a gentleman and apologize for Astrolabe and Kooligan's Command, two of your favorite cards that I know you love playing against. <laughs> oh, fucking keep rubbing it in, dude. <laughs> you gotta rub salt in the wind sometimes. Yeah, you're um, doing it. But I can't be too, too nice. I will give you the shout-out. for How kind of... As long as this person plays Coligan's Command on the regular. Okay, here's the thing. If they play Coligan's Command on the regular, then I'm going to go back in time and just, like, men in black just phase this out of everybody's mind. 
I love how that's what you put the time machine. Listen, I got my priorities straight. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what I need to do. All right, so hit me. Who's the the shout out? Alrighty, so <laughs> for my shout out that you're level that you're lovingly gifting me, I want to shout out actually a resource that I used for last week when I went on my fucking tangent about the magic storyline because this is one of the people who I have followed for a while uh, since they started creating videos about insight into the magic lore side of things. So I'm going to shout out this week, Magic Arcanum. I believe initially they did their videos on TCG Player, but now they're their own entity, which I'm totally backing. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Good for them. Yeah, so this guy, uh, Ryan Gomez, just goes deep on all things magic lore. Like he does for every set that's released, he does like the what's happening in that set. Like he did one for Theros. Uh, obviously did one for Ikoria, did War of the Spark, did all these other sets that have come out recently. Um, and then he also goes deep on other, like, Vorso, Vorthos story concepts, like specific Planeswalker backstories, um, the historic relevance of, like, different card types. Um, and then even, like, the top-down design sets, he did a video on the Theros gods That's and, like, the cool. history behind that. Yeah, all of his videos are super fucking well done. And he delivers it in a way that's like really, really consumable and easy to understand, even if you don't give a big shit about the lore. So are these like little YouTube videos or are they clips? What's the. Yeah, his his big thing is just like like somewhere in between 10 and 30 minute YouTube videos. His ones that he does for the sets are usually a bit longer. And then the ones that he does for smaller topics are obviously a bit shorter. But yeah, it's somewhere in between like 10 and 30 minutes is usually his his sweet spot for his video. So, like, really consumable. Like, you can go through and just binge a ton of them and just get, like, a good portion of lore. Or if you're just really interested in, like, Theros Block, you can go and look at his Theros videos. Or if you're really interested in Elspeth, you can go watch his Elspeth video or just different shit like that. And, like, his Twitter, he does, like, just cool little tidbits of lore with, like, interactions of cards and shit like that. So, on Twitter, it is at magic underscore arcanum and then if you go to the twitter you can find the link to the youtube if you're just on youtube you just search magic arcanum you'll be able to find it re relatively easily so yeah go give him a uh a follow if you're into the vorthos side of yeah i'm scrolling through they like even when he doesn't put they don't post videos they do other uh stuff is pretty cool yeah pretty active. like he has one of the cool things i'm seeing is like various cards and how they play together not play play together but like how they line up yeah like as how far they like, interact like on a with thematic other, side i guess on a theme yeah. side. yeah keep it themey bitch thematic you idiot and as far as keep and this guy does it in space so yeah magic arcanum on twitter magic arcanum on youtube big shout out love the guy ryan gomez Big ups to him. Just got a follow. I just actually watched, because I'm on the Twitter right now, I watched you click the button and then say that and watched his ticker go up from <laughs> 1,213 to 1,214. Like, I got to see that in live action. That That's was actually amazing. pretty cool. Yeah, super cool. All right, dude. Well, anything else you want to say to piss me off before we end the episode? Uh, wizard should stop printing white stuff. Fuck yourself. That felt like a, a stretch. I'll think of something. <laughs> you might get a text at like 2 a.m. that'll just... Fair enough. At <laughs> that, uh, we will fucking see you later now! Peace!
Peace. Ban all white cards.